Thanks for listening to Victory's podcast today. Connecting people to a life-changing relationship with Jesus is what we're all about. For more resources or to reach out to us, go to victorychristian.church. So last week, um, Mike and I were at the beach. We were at the Outer Banks, and we had such a nice time. And uh, we were staying in Duck. And uh, there's one church in Duck, so we went to it. It's a Methodist church, and we had such a lovely um, service. And then we came home, and we ate lunch, and we watched Victory online, and it was so good. Um, so thank you, Jeremy, for bringing the message. I'm a little bit sad that I missed out on the throwing of the mints in the answering of the questions that looked really fun, and I would have really liked that. Um, I really liked how he shared how to be a good friend. And who knows who our best friend can be? It's Jesus. And it reminds me of this song from back in our youth pastor days. Back, way back to the year 2000, um, there was a band that came out with their very first album. It was called Hillsong United. You might have heard of them. And on their very first album, the title track, the first song is called Best Friend. And I remember so clearly... Being there, being youth pastors, seeing all of those teenagers and young people so excited to sing the song about Jesus being their best friend. And it goes like this, Jesus, you are my best friend and you will always be and nothing will ever change that. And I love that. And of course, Jeremy mentioned in his sermon last week, uh, the hymn, what a friend we have in Jesus. What a great song that is. And the first lines go like this, what a friend we have in Jesus all our sins and griefs to bear, what a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Okay, so our focus at Victory this year is prayer, prayer. and so I'm going to speak today about um, practical ways to increase how much you pray, and so if you wanted to give this sermon a title, if you're a note taker, How to Pray More, not an exciting title, but really that is what my message is about today. And it's about how we can pray more, because prayer is so important in our Christian walk. Um, when you pray, you're communicating with God. Your perspective is changed. The Bible tells us to pray. Jesus modeled prayer, and so we need to pray more. Do you guys agree? Okay, so here is my verse for you today. First Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18 says, Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much for this opportunity to be together, to worship, to learn, to be with you. And God, I pray that as I bring this message that you have given me, that you would inspire each one of us to pray more, to come to you more. We thank you, Jesus. Amen. Okay, so that verse said to pray continually. Other versions say to pray without ceasing, to never stop praying. And so how do we go about our life and pray continually? That's interesting. So I recently read a book called The Practice of the Presence of God. And it's by a 17th century monk. His name was Brother Lawrence. And the book is really a collection of conversations that he had, and letters that he wrote. And his view was so intriguing that his thoughts and letters and conversations are still read for 
hundred years later. I think he had a revelation that we might get something out of. And so Brother Lawrence described his life as a continual conversation with God. And this is a quote from his book. The time of busyness does not differ with me from the time of prayer. And in the noise and clatter of my kitchen, while several persons are at the same time calling for different things, I possess God in as great tranquility as if I were on my knees. So Brother Lawrence was a cook in the monastery, and he claimed to feel as close a communication with God in the midst of the busy kitchen as in his solitary time of prayer. Now, I have to admit to you, I find that a little hard to relate to. I mean, if I'm cooking Thanksgiving dinner and all the kids are there and all the things are happening, I don't feel the same closeness to God as when I am on my knees in prayer or before him. But I think that would be awesome. I would like to aspire to that. I want to learn from what Brother Lawrence had. He had this continual communication with God. And this is what he said. How can we pray to him without being with him? And how can, be, how can we be with him but in thinking about him often? And how can we often think of him but by a holy habit which we should form of it? And so basically his idea is the more you think about God, the more that you're with him. And the more that you're with him, the more that you will pray. And the more that you will pray, the more that you will want to be with God and think about him. And it's a holy habit that you can develop. And so we need to form this holy habit of thinking about him more, of being with him more, of praying to him more. And I believe that we can, like Brother Lawrence, incorporate prayer into our everyday life. So he prayed while he was cooking and cleaning the dishes and serving the monks as he was going about his duties. And he developed this holy habit of thinking about God, being with him, and praying to him. And I think that we can do the same. So what, what do you have in your normal day? You can pray while you're getting the kids ready for school. Sometimes we need to pray, Jesus, help me get these children to find their shoes and get out the door so that we can get to school on time. Um, maybe you drive. Maybe you're going to drive. Maybe you're taking care of the house. Whatever you're doing, you can develop a holy habit of spontaneously praying to God while you're doing those things. And I think those are really good times of prayer, but it's still sporadic. And so I think as we develop this holy habit, I think we need some reminders. So I don't know about you, but I often get distracted as I go about my daily life. I think about God a lot, but I also think about the shopping that I need to do or the the job that I'm doing or taking care of the house or the things, getting stuff done. It distracts me from concentrating on my relationship with God. So then how do we follow Paul's directive to the church in Thessalonica to pray continually if we are people that get distracted? So I believe the answer to praying continually is to pray spontaneously, like Brother Lawrence, pray throughout your day, but also to incorporate systematic prayer into our daily lives. So we need spontaneous times of prayer where we ask for help, where we pray for someone, where we thank God for what he's done for us. You know, pray for someone in the grocery store. Pray for your waiter or waitress at the restaurant. Just be spontaneous in your times of prayer. You can praise him for how good he is to you. But we also need set times of prayer 
where we discipline ourselves to go to him regularly at set times every day. So Mike uh, started off this year with a series about prayer, and he said that types of prayer are like rooms in a house. And he said you can go into different rooms and experience the different types of prayer. So he talked about the war room, the intercession room, the quiet room, the praise room, the fellowship room, and the corporate room. And it was so good to learn about different ways to pray, different types of prayer, and different times that you need different types of prayer. And if you miss any of those messages, or if you just really want to listen to them again, you could go back and listen to the podcast, or you could watch them on YouTube or Facebook. It was really good stuff. So he taught us about different types of prayer, and it's interesting, all the different types, but I think there's many types of prayer, but two modes. I think there's spontaneous prayer, and then there are set times of prayer. And I'd like to encourage you to incorporate more daily practices of both, both spontaneous prayer and systematic prayer. And I have been working on this recently. Like our theme for the year is prayer. And so I thought to myself, okay, I would like to pray more. I would like to pray more heartfelt prayers. I would like to have a better communication with God. And as I have done this, as I have increased my spontaneous prayer and my set times of prayer, it really has increased my prayer life and drawn me closer to God. And I think that it would do the same for you. Okay, so we've talked about how to increase your spontaneous prayer, like Brother Lawrence, but how do we increase our set times of prayer? So what are the set times of day that you pray every day? So I must admit, I find myself much more drawn to the spontaneous and the inspired prayer than the discipline of you know, making myself do something at a certain time every day because it's just not my temperament. I'm more of like a go-with-the-flow, spontaneous person, but I think it's really important to have both. So if you are like me and you're more like, oh, I'll just pray when I'm inspired, that can be really good, but also you can go by quite a bit of time without feeling inspired. And so having those set times is really important. And so We need to set a time every day to spend time with God. Every single day, we need to read the Bible, we need to worship, we need to pray. It's often called your devotional time or your quiet time, but you don't actually have to be quiet. You can be loud in your devotional time, and often you're encouraged to do it in the morning, but it doesn't have to be the morning. Like, if you are the worst morning person and you cannot string together two sentences, it might not be your best time of prayer. Maybe you are a night owl. Maybe you just like rev up at 11 o'clock and you're like, let's go Jesus, let's pray and worship. And you need to like build one of those safes with the, with like the soundproofing because the rest of your house is sleeping, but you're just like going for it. Like whatever time of day works for you to focus on God to be with him. It's a time where you can be uninterrupted. Whatever time of day, I encourage you to set aside that time and make sure that it happens. Now, here's the thing. Have you ever heard this saying, if you fail to plan, you plan to fail? Yeah. So you have to make a plan. I would encourage you even to put it in your schedule. Like, this is the time that I pray. Someone calls like, oh, can we? Oh, yes, but after, because I have an appointment. I have an appointment with God. 
All right, so it's important and helpful to have a set place where you meet with God. So I tend to do my devotions in the car on the way to work. It's like it's quiet and it's just me and God and either I'm like on my way to work or on my way to do errands or whatever and that's when I like read the Bible and pray and worship. Mike likes to pace on our front porch when it's not too cold. And a member of our women's Bible study said that they had an actual, literal prayer closet that they set aside, and that was their place to pray. But wherever it is, you just know that that's the place where you're going to go and meet with God. So a key component of this time is Bible reading. Let God speak to you through his word. I encourage you, personally, I love a Bible reading plan. Um, You know, my favorite is the Bible in One Year with Nikki Gumbel. And one great thing about that plan that I will say is that it includes prayers in response to each section of the Bible that you read. Um, And you can pray about what you're reading. You can respond to God about the word. You can choose a scripture. You can pray through it. Like you could pick any scripture. You could pick Psalm 23. And you could just read it and pray. You could read... Um, the Lord is my shepherd. And you could say, God, thank you that you take care of me, that you lead me, that you protect me, that you give me whatever I need. Like you can pray through the whole thing. Um, and so the word is really important. Um, worship is also so important. How great was worship this morning? I mean, we came into the presence of God and we worshiped him. And you can do that even when you're not here on Sunday morning. You can play some music. You could play the service if you wanted to. You could sing your own song to God. You can sing your prayers. And each song can be like a prayer, like you're worshiping and you're praying at the same time. And prayer, it's so important, you guys. You're speaking to God. He's speaking to you. You're connecting with him. Remember, he's your friend. He loves you. He cares about what you're going through. He's able and willing to help you. Um, And so it's a great time during your quiet time to try out some of those rooms, maybe, that Mike had mentioned, maybe that you're not as familiar with. This is going to come as a great shock to you, but the one that is a little out of my comfort zone is the quiet room. Um, It doesn't come very naturally to me. Um, I like to talk, and I like noise. It's so funny because when I was in school, I was like like a good kid, like a goody two-shoes, but I did get in trouble a couple of times, and it was for talking. <laughs> of course, you are not surprised. So I've been reading a book this year. I'm reading it very slowly because I'm trying to take it in, and um, it's a book that Abigail recommended to me, and it's called How to Pray. It's a pretty good title. It's by um, a man named Pete Grieg, And so I'm like working my way through it slowly. It's really good. And you could buy it or you could borrow it on the library app. If you need more information, let me know. And I really wish I got a kickback every time I told people to use the library app to borrow things for free. Anyway, you can read it or listen to it. So Pete Grieg says in his book, How to Pray, he says that there are three keys to prayer. All right, that's pretty good. Three keys to prayer. He says to keep it simple keep it real, and keep it up. So keep it simple. You're talking to God. It doesn't have to be complicated. It doesn't have to be difficult. You can speak to him 
at any moment of any day, no matter what situation you were in, you could be in a board meeting, you could be at the grocery store, wherever you are, you can talk to God. It's very simple. So keep it simple, keep it real. God knows what you're going through, but he wants you to share it with him. He wants you to be honest with him. And if you feel like, I'm just not sure if God can handle it, he can take it. If you read through the Psalms, there are some very honest prayers in there like, God, why have you forsaken me? Like, where are you? What is happening? You can take how you really feel to God. So keep it simple, keep it real. And to me, this is the hardest part. Keep it up. You need to be consistent. You need to live a life of prayer. As our verse said, pray continually. Now, Jesus modeled this for us. Jesus lived a life of continual prayer. He had lots of spontaneous prayers where he just saw someone on the side of the road and just decided to pray for them to be healed, and they were healed. But he also had a lot of set times of prayer in his life. We read in Luke 5, verse 16, but Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. And if Jesus, the Son of God, the creator of the universe, needed to pray, I think that we need to do that too. I think we need regular, regular times of prayer. So I think that if you do not have a quiet time and you've never really done that regularly, maybe it's been like sporadic, I think that's a great place to start. But I want to encourage you to add even more set times of prayer into your daily life. Okay, so Pete Grieg in his book mentions that he sets an alarm on his phone for 12 o'clock every day to pray through the Lord's Prayer. And I thought to myself, I think I can do that. I have a phone, I can set an alarm. So I have an alarm set for every day at 12 o'clock, except for Sundays, because that would be a little distracting if we're in service and suddenly my alarm goes off. But I have it for Monday through Saturday. And I have to tell you, it startles me every single time. You would think that I would be used to it by now. And I'd be like, oh, it's 11.59. No, I am never thinking about it when it goes off. I'm like startled every time. But it reminds me to pray. And so I take a moment to focus my heart on God, and I pray through the Lord's Prayer. And what's great is that we've been learning about the Lord's Prayer in our women's Bible study, and so I have a lot of... um, ways that I can pray through that. So sometimes, literally, I only have a moment. Like, maybe I'm in the middle of making a kid's lunch, and so I don't have time to go and really pray through it. And so I just simply pray through it and, like, say the words verbatim. But other times, I have more time, and I can focus, and I can just, like, say each line and and say it and, like, have each line be a jumping-off point. So you can find the Lord's Prayer in a couple of places in the Bible in Matthew 6 and in Luke 11. And so let's read together, if you're up for it, the version from Matthew 6, 9 through 13. Are you going to read with me? We got it? Okay. So, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Now that might be a slightly different 
version of Lord's Prayer. Maybe you are like old school King James, our Father which art in heaven. Like maybe that's your thing. And however you want to do it, that is up to you. What's important when you pray the Lord's Prayer or any prayer at all is that you pray it from your heart. Whether you say the words verbatim or you use it as a starting place, it has to be from your heart. That's the thing, is when you pray, God is really wanting to connect with you. And so you don't want to disengage your heart and just say them like a robot. You really want to be connecting with him. So I want to give a shout out to the J3 Christian Podcast with our very own Noah and Jacob and Zach. They've started a podcast. It's really good. You should totally listen to it on Spotify or your podcast app, J3 Christian Podcast. We were listening to their last podcast, and guess what it was about? It was about prayer. I was like, you guys, that is so cool. We listened to it yesterday on the way home from the beach, and I really liked one thing in particular that Noah shared. He said that prayer for him went from tradition to connection. Like, he grew up as a Christian, and he knew God, and he would pray, you know, like for his food, or he would pray before something. But it wasn't connecting with God. And so I think if you are still in the place where you just say your prayers, I really encourage you to pray your prayers. I mean, like, really connect with God. I really liked what they shared in the podcast. You should definitely check it out. We should be seeking to connect with God in a real way. So keep it simple. Keep it real. Keep it up. Okay, so I've set my reminder for 12 o'clock, but maybe 12 o'clock just would not work for you. If you are a school teacher, you probably need to set your alarm for after school hours, but maybe there's another time of day that would really work for you. The point is to have a reminder to stop and put your attention on God and talk to him. Okay, so you don't have to pray the Lord's Prayer if that's not your thing. Maybe you prefer the method that dates back to the 1800s. It's the ACTS, the ACTS Prayer. So this acronym stands for Adoration, Confession, Thanksgiving, and Supplication. And this is a method of prayer. Like I said, it goes back a couple hundred years. I learned it when I was younger, and it helped to give me a format for praying. So I'm just going to share it with you in case you don't want to pray through the Lord's Prayer. Maybe you want to do both. I don't know. You do you. All right. So ACTS, the adoration, pretty obvious. You're going to tell God how much you love him. You're going to start with how great he is. You're going to start your prayer with a focus on him and not as much on the focus on what you need in the moment. You're going to start with that. That changes your perspective. So adoration, then confession. You need to repent. For anything that you've done or anything that you've failed to do, you need to get that straight when you are praying to God. And then Thanksgiving. Think of all that God has done for you and thank him. Thank him for what he's done for you today. Thank you. Thank him for what he's done for you 10 years ago. Thank him for what he's going to do. Just thank him because he's so good. So adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplications. Very fancy word. It means you're just asking. God wants to know what you need. Remember the man, God said, what do you want me to do for you? I think God wants to know what do you want and what do you need from him. So adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication, that's the acts prayer. So the great thing about praying a pattern, like the Lord's Prayer or the Acts Prayer, is that it's like a guide rope. And I was, <laughs> we were at the beach this week, and I woke up in the middle of the night, I've been working on my sermon, and I had this 
word picture in my mind, and it was like there's a guide rope, and I have like a tether, right? And so I'm like attached to it, but I have a little leeway, and it's kind of like that. So when you're praying, sometimes you kind of wander, and you're praying, but then you start thinking about, what am I going to have for lunch today? I'm kind of hungry. The preacher's going kind of long, and I really just, oh, then you go back to it, and you're like, where was I? Okay, Um, adoration. Okay, God, you are so great. Let me get back to it, and then you start praying, and then you just kind of wander. Hmm, I wonder what was happening with that thing that I was concerned about, and then you're, okay, let me go back to it. Okay, confession is next, and so it just gives you a guide if you're like me and you get distracted. We all get distracted sometimes when we pray, but the key is don't give up. Don't just say, well, I got distracted. That's it. No, you just go back to it. You don't want to give up. All right, so you have your quiet time. If you feel like setting a reminder, try that out. Another prayer that is mentioned in How to Pray is the daily examine. You guys know this one? Okay, I had never heard of this prayer before, but it's been used for 500 years. It's so funny because when he talked about it, I was like, I have never heard of this before. And so I asked Mike about it. He said, oh yeah, I learned about it in my doctorate program. I was like, okay. So the daily examine originated in 1522, and it was developed by St. Ignatius of Loyola. And this is a prayer of reflection. It's a prayer to pray at the end of your day and look back on your day. It wouldn't be a great prayer to pray at the beginning of your day because nothing has happened. It reminds me of um, this prayer that I heard, and it was this person is praying, and they said, God, it's been a really good day so far, and I have not yelled at anyone or been mean to anyone or been impatient, but I'm about to get out of bed, and I'm going to need your help. Right. So this, this is a good prayer for the end of your day when you actually have some things to talk to God about. And so you're processing your day, you're thinking back with gratitude, and you're looking ahead to tomorrow. So if you are a note taker, I'm about to give you the steps of the daily exam, in which you can take notes. You can also look it up. It's like totally on the internet. It's easy to find. So the steps of the daily exam are replay, rejoice, repent, reboot. And then go through each of them. So when you do the daily exam, the first thing that you have to do is you have to become aware of God's presence. You like take a moment to be quiet. You know that's hard for me, but I can do it. And you remember that God is with you, that he is hearing you, that he cares about you. And that's your, that's your first step. Okay, then replay. What happened in your day? How did you feel? Where was God in your day? You're thinking through your day, you're praying. And for me, I, like, if you ask me, what did I do yesterday? I'd have to think really hard. So I think, okay, so I got up. Like, I just, I'm thinking through my day chronologically. That helps me. And I'm thinking about where was God with me in my day? Where did God help me? Where did he give me grace? And I just start thinking about my day, thinking about how I'm feeling about it. So that's replay. And then rejoice. You, as you're thinking about your day, you think about all the way that God has blessed you, or you think about that yummy ice cream that you got to eat, or that butterfly that you saw on your walk, or whatever blessed you in your day, and you thank God for it. You're recognizing where God is in your day, <clears throat> and you're praising him. So, replay, 
rejoice, repent. As you go through your day, you're probably going to remember a time or two that you reacted wrong, that you thought the wrong thing, that you said the wrong thing, and you're going to ask God to forgive you and to help you to change. Now, when I get to this part of this prayer, almost always I'm repenting for being self-centered and impatient. God, I'm really sorry that I was thinking about myself and I was impatient with that person or that child or whatever it was, but you just need to recognize your attitude and give that to God. So replay, rejoice, repent, reboot. At the end of the prayer, you can consider the next day. What do you have coming up the next day? And you just ask God to help you and to give you grace for whatever you're going to face. So that's the examine prayer. Sometimes I pray it on my own at the end of the day. Mike and I sometimes have prayed it together. Like he'll pray and I'll pray, but we're with each other. However you want to do it works. And you can read more about the daily exam and other things at prayercourse.org. That's Pete Grieg's website, prayercourse.org. So I hope that this message encourages you to incorporate more prayer into your daily life. So you can try to be like Brother Lawrence and incorporate spontaneous prayer and pray while you're washing the dishes and pray while you're doing your work and all the things. But you also should incorporate some set times of prayer, like your quiet time or your reminder if you want to try the daily examine. So developing a prayer life and a relationship with God is really important. But it starts with the most important prayer that you will pray in your whole life, and that's the salvation prayer. That's the moment where you decide that running your own life and living for yourself is not working, that you recognize what Jesus did for you on the cross, that you repent, like we've been talking about, and you ask him to take over leading your life. You pray and you say, God, I'm really sorry, and I accept what you did for me. Please forgive me. I want you to be in charge of my life. He's your savior and He's your Lord. So you just, if you are ready to pray that prayer, I would love to pray with you. Pastor Mike would love to pray with you if you're here today. But if you are watching online or listening to the podcast, you can go to our website, which is victorychristian.church, and you can click on Next Steps. We would love to reach out to you and help you as you journey with Christ. Now, let's pray. God, we thank you so much that You have created us to be able to come to you at any moment of any day. God, I know that you hear us when we pray, and I know that you care about what we're going through. And God, I pray that each person that is here or watching or listening would be inspired to pray more, to deepen their connection with you. God, I thank you that we can't do it on our own, but that you can help us, and we ask you to help us in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks again for listening. If you'd like to connect with us, or if you'd like to know how you can give, go to victorychristian.church.